This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome everyone. Carm Capriato to another Aftermarket Weekly. God, that is just a beautiful picture of you guys, Eric and and Laurely. I just love that. Thanks for sending that. No problem. Yeah, thanks. I look super confused. No. <laughs> Put that up again, Tracy. That's a loving couple right there. I mean, let me see. A couple of years ago, maybe? That was right, probably before COVID came. We had a team like photo shoot. We had a photographer come in. So you had your pre-COVID smile on there, it looked like. Yes. Right. It didn't look the same the rest of the year. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's another Aftermarket Weekly, uh, episode 144 with Eric and Laura Lee Schmidt from Schmidt's Auto Care in Springboro, Ohio. We're going to have a chance to see their place and talk a little business stuff with them. We uh, are coming to you live from the Dorman OE Fix studio. So glad to have Dorman here as a sponsor. Dorman Products creates hundreds of new automotive replacement products every month. Part of what makes Dorman so unique is their ideation of new and innovative products. They have dedicated teams all across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada looking for new product ideas. Since every solution starts with a problem, these teams of researchers, field analysts, product specialists, and contributors consistently visit repair shops and make field calls. Now, this is to best understand the problems the industry is facing. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Other times, experts take it an additional step, further solving what made the original part problematic in the first place. Solving for a problem is what powers the innovation engine at Dorman. Dorman Products has become an incredible engine for innovation. They are constantly bringing new replacement parts to the automotive industry, and they routinely release tens of thousands of parts across all different categories. Now, why do they do all of this? To enable technicians the freedom to fix their customers' cars and trucks. To do this, Dorman has dedicated teams focused on different aspects of the vehicle to ensure that they are meeting the needs of the aftermarket. Although a lot of their parts are reverse engineering of original equipment, they also redesign and redefine solutions such as their loaded knuckles or programmable electronic power steering rack. Dorman has invested in these OE Fix innovations to help you save time, your customer money, and prevent vehicles from coming back to your shop. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Hey, want to know more about Dorman? Visit DormanProducts.com forward slash tour. Well, thank you to our great partner, Dorman. Uh, so glad to have you guys here. In the green room, we were talking about a lot of great stuff. And one of the passions that you have, not only to make a great place for your employees to come and work and be a great team, but to constantly try to help improve the industry and the facing of the independent to the customer base out there. And uh, I found out you're in a four-day work week. Was that one of your strategies for, you know, keeping loyal uh, team members? I don't think it started out as us thinking that we were going to create all these loyal people. <laughs> we were super exhausted during COVID <laughs> and we needed a break. And at that time, our team all had campers. Everybody had an RV, boats, and we all like to go out. And so we thought, let's just cut Fridays and everybody can have a three-day work week and we'll see what happens. We launched it with the preface of it being summer hours and that we would go back in the fall. And then we just never went back because it worked just fine to be four days. There's a lot of shop owners out there that constantly think this, but they never pulled the trigger on it. 
and they probably ask the wrong people. They ask their customers, hey, can you survive with us Monday through Thursday? And of course, what is a customer going to say? No. No, there's just (laughs) no possible way. If you ask your people, hey, what if we did a a four-day work week? They would all say yes. So the the challenge is, is who do you listen to? The customers drive the revenue, bring the profits in, and you want to make it good, happy for your team. I love the summer hour idea. And so the big question that begets anybody is, what happened to your revenue? It increased. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't know the answer. You know, it was almost like I was asking a loaded question. So great. So tell me why and how. Did you slow down to speed up? What did you do? I am the only one in the shop that uh, didn't want to do this. You know, as as an (laughs) owner and somebody that started the company, I'm like, man, that's an extra day to do business that we can miss out on. That's an extra day to build revenue. So I'm looking at it from a number standpoint more than anything, because that's what keeps us alive. But, you know, I basically made the preface with the team and Worley that, uh, you know, if I watch these numbers dip off, we're going right back and we're just going to, that's how it is. Everybody was okay with that. So we ran it. Now, the numbers were hard to judge because of COVID. And we had we were actually one of the shops that dropped off drastically. We watched about 80% of our revenue disappear. But we were able to survive. My wife made great emergency plans and took over the shop and got things going. And once we went to this four-day work week, I think it gave our employees time to recover, time to collect themselves, a time to go camping and, and rest and, and relax their brain. And uh, we saw productivity go up in the shop and we saw efficiency go up in the shop, which at the end of the day equates to better revenue. So Eric, what did you do? I mean, you had to do something in the business processes systems to make that happen. The only thing that really changed is we did go to a longer day. So we are still pushing 40 hours a week, but far as processes, not really much has changed. You know, you kind of got to take those Fridays where you're really trying to wrap things up and now we're pushing them back to Thursday. So Thursdays, you know, is our Friday rush of making sure we get the cars built out and out the door and for the weekend. Of course, we have a three day work or weekend now. So I don't want my clients going three days without a car hearing from us as well. So we try to get the shop cleaned out as much as we can by the end of the week. But not really much changed within the business. We got very little pushback from our clients. Right. Very, very Um, little. I would say the biggest thing that really changed is where the parts warehouses close at like five. We have to be very diligent to say, okay, every part is ordered up by five. So the last hours of the day is solely dedicated to work. That's actually been a big win to just have two hours in the evening dedicated to just work. And so are you going to seven? We go to seven. Yeah. You go to seven. Okay. Is it eight to seven or seven to seven? It's eight to seven. seven. So it's eight to seven. Get the parts ordered on time. I'm a great customer. Really good customer. Love you guys to death. Been coming there for years. I bring in my car on Thursday. It's got a pretty serious issue. I would expect to get it done that Thursday or even get it back Friday. And I can't until Monday afternoon. You got a loaner for me? No. Okay. We did them for a while. People beat our cars up to the point where <laughs> they came back not drivable. <laughs> but we explained to the clients, and the clients know this coming in as part of our check-in process that, hey, you know, if you do have a drivability problem or something that potentially could not get done today, we do have to inform you that we might roll over to Monday on that. And I would say probably 98% of the people are okay with it. But from a consumer standpoint, and your car's broken and it's already at a shop, what do you do? 
I mean, me as a consumer, I'm not going to, I'm just going to deal with it for three days. And they love you. People are accommodating because the relationships are strong. Okay, all right, uh, we'll deal with it. We also know that our consumer in this area, they're even a two family home has more than two cars. Most of them are sitting on three to four cars. Most houses have three and a half cars per our data. Not too many people are left in a bad situation where they don't have an additional car to drive as well. Yeah, it's amazing how we make life work no matter what. I mean, try to get your refrigerator repaired in a day. <laughs> right. Just replace it. Or anything. <laughs> right, you just go buy a new one. <laughs> oh, like... God, Eric. To a point, it's, you know, they used to last 30 years. Now they claim they got a 10-year cycle. It's scary. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of wild. It's scary. Okay, anyway, big on education for your people, right? Yeah. Huge. They're required to have 40 hours a year minimum, and I supply and arrange all of that for them. I'm a big believer in building resumes, training resumes for technicians and to, to be sure that while they worked for you, and even if they came, you know, to your shop, I need to know all the courses that you've had, you know, where they've been, did the employer pay for them? Who was the trainer? What Did you like the class? And it's time to build a 40-hour for the technician's this year, 2023, well, we look at what they had, what we did last year, and even their suggestions. Hey, you want to take a basic electric over again? You know, do you need to go to a GDI again? I saw you were there three years ago. Let's refresh that. So if you say you're doing it, give me your methodology. How, how are you helping? So for me, well, both of us, we watch all of the different clockings, like the efficiency clockings. So I can see like where they may struggle, you know, if they're doing a a break job in two hours where it should take like an hour. I know that they're struggling in breaks in some way. So it's a conversation that I'll go have, hey, what happened? Did you just not know how to clock on and off? Or do you really need help? So I start there and to see how their efficiencies are. There are just some things that our shop is pushing for educationally. So that's obviously something I'm always chasing as well. And then we have different levels of technicians so we just sort of follow them on that journey and do keep track. Like they've already done this class. Now let's move them to this level of class, et cetera, et cetera. And then also asking them where their interests are because I want them to be interested in what they're learning. I love that strategy. And I think the industry needs to really listen hard with what Lorelei and Eric are doing. You're a partner with them in training. You're observing, you're listening, you're offering up, hey, here's this really recent schedule. Let them pick. Let's find out what their needs and wants are. And then you marry that with your observations, again, charting on efficiencies and stuff, and together come up with a plan. Has any technician refused to, you know, get in a car and, and go for paid training anywhere? No, I had one that was pretty scared to get on a plane. <laughs> but that was because he was afraid to fly. But no, they love it. Like, it's a part of the industry that they've not come from. I don't have any techs that come to this shop who have been pushed to do education. And they're very excited about it. And it's always a good talking point when we're in an interview. Well, this is a critical episode for us to promote a lot. Um, I remember recently saying on one of our shows that I was speaking to a, a shop owner and I said, so what's the latest training that uh, you, you had for your team? And the owner said, my people won't go to training. We have interviewed technicians that have been verbal that I don't want to train. I don't want to do that. And unfortunately, those people are not for our business. We are very big on continual education. Obviously, we all know that the industry and technology is moving as fast as it ever has. And we're about to delve into something that none of us have ever 
touched. I'm a diagnostic tech by trade. I have huge interest in electrical, but this is going to be a big shift. And I honestly, if you aren't nervous about it, then I don't know if you're quite alive if you're running a business and and don't foresee this. Now, being nervous and, and scared is two different things. You know, we don't know how the electric car thing's going to play out. So, you know, we just have to continually educate and prepare ourselves. We've pushed into electric training pretty heavy. We're starting to get this stuff kicked off this year. Another thing I'll add, though, is, yes, we have to have these basics in training, and we have to push these technicians to say, hey, we need you in basic electrical. We need you in basic data analysis and so forth. But I think it's very important to ask your employee, where does your interest lie, as well as looking at these efficiency numbers to see where they shine at and where they don't shine at? Because I personally was never a guy that was great in school or liked school. And I think that probably reflects a lot in our industry because we're all mechanical and like our hands on things. And I excelled at things that I had interest in and I didn't excel at things I didn't. So if you can get each one of your techs into a certain sector that they're really interested in, they're going to become experts in that scenario. You're absolutely right, Eric. Thank you for bringing that up. It's almost like having them have a specialty that they want to they want to learn deep and hard and long on, right? So if somebody is is really heavy, as you say, say they're into networking or you know the CAN bus, or they want to be your hybrid EV specialist, well, great, let's let's do that. You got a certain gift of wow, it's so easy for me to learn that stuff. But you'll never know if you don't sit down and discuss, hey, where are you going? Where do you want to be? Let's think of being specialists inside this general repair shop. We actually use that word. Our service advisor, his title is not service advisor. On his cards, everything, it says service specialist. I love that. Because he specializes in service. And each of our guys, as they elevate, that will be their role. Diesel specialist, EV specialist. Because that's really what our vision is, is that everybody has a path and a niche that fits them and their passion. I love it. Now, Eric, let me ask you a question. Where would your business be in the next three years if you stopped providing training for your people? That could go a lot of bad ways, I think. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that, you know, we've built our business to a stature that that is something that is an absolute mandatory necessity is training. And, you know, if we took that away, our technicians will probably leave because most of the guys that we hire are motivated by training and continual education and bettering themselves. And if that happens, you're going to hire other people. You're probably going to get those guys that told you in that interview that they don't want to do training. And then one day they're going to wake up and look at a car that they have a hard diag problem or something. And they're going to go, I don't know. And that's not a position that I want to be in. I'm glad you said that. I, of course, I asked you a loaded question. I didn't, you would never want to do that. But I think there's a lot of shops out there that have not embraced training. And when they start making those very critical moves inside of their business, uh, better culture, stronger labor rate, better gross margins, cost management, and add the training piece to it, you know, within a year or in a year and a half, they start seeing their business blossom. So thank you for confirming that. One final thing, guys, I'm fascinated. You have your own app. You have the Schmidt Auto Care app. And uh, I would have to say you're the first one I've ever interviewed out of over a thousand interviews that can say, Carm, we have our own app. So give us a quick overview on that. We actually started 
with this app six years ago, it was recommended by a coaching service we were in that we might want to link up with this guy that was developing apps for shops. We've been with them ever since. AppField is who runs behind the scenes of the app. They created it and built it. It's a customizable garage for our clients. And there's a bevy of services inside of there, outside of communication. And it's something that we invite all of our guests to. They can have special pricing. They can have birthday gifts. They have all sorts of little like extra loyalty things that our non-members don't have access to. The way you become a member of this air quotes club is you just got to download the app. Yeah. And then sign up. And sign up. It doesn't cost me anything. No. I'm kind of almost pledging that this is my auto repair shop, kind of, right? Yeah. Does everything that you have done to my car show up on the app? Yes. It'll go into literally, it's called My Garage. And everything will be listed there for you, including what we think you should get for the future or what you should be on the lookout for, things like that. Is that coming, Loralee, from the DVI? Or do you have to do any extra work to tell them what else they need? No, it'll all just like everything that we do inside of uh, Techmetric will just kind of like move over to there. Okay, cool. Nice. And your customers love their app? The ones who have it, yes, they do a lot. Okay, let's talk about the ones that have it out of your entire customer base, 20% have the app? Probably at this point, 30% have it. And I've just put somebody in place actually two weeks ago that is dedicated and committed to bringing customers onto the app. That is her job all day long. Okay. So it's to recruit customers to hear, by the way, you're a great client of ours. We'd love for you to get inside of our app. Just click here and boom, they're done. Are those the key droppers? Basically, uh, starting on January 1st, So we took oil changes away in the fall and we didn't do any more. I did that for a multitude of reasons, but one of them was I knew I wanted to open it back up for app users to be able to get oil changes inside of the shop. And so that was like one of our key components to getting even more people in was if you want to get an oil change with us now, you have to be a member of the app in order to do that. Oh, interesting. And then when I went to the developers and we started talking, they were like, why don't you do a tiered one and then give people who have the app a certain rate and then people who are not a member, let them come and get their oil changes still, but do make it profitable and not like a lost leader. So it has more of a premium rate on it. We tell a lot of people, says, listen, well, I need to find a new shop. Well, go there and get an oil change and see how you're treated and, and look around. And if a new client can't get an oil change, you may not have an opportunity to grab them long term. It's a good pre-qualifier for our clients too. You know, the people in the app, we know that they come back to our shop more times a year on average. Additionally, they tend to spend more money with us. So it's kind of one of those weird pre-qualifiers we do before we know we're going to kind of waste time with somebody that's just coming in to get an oil change. App Fueled was the name of the company, and that was back when you were with Elite, right? Yeah. How cool is that? Well, I think we're ready. Let's take a look at the uh, the shop. I can't wait to see this. Here we go. You guys, please narrate this for us. This is the exterior of our shop here coming into the front door Uh, This is where all our clients will come in. This is what they see as they come in. And then this is our front counter. Uh, Here's the sign. The QC code down at the bottom of the sign is for our App Fueled app. So you can just click on that. And our lovely sign. Lots of branding everywhere. We're big on branding. We like to keep a very clean front of the house. Um, So this is pretty much what it looks like 100% of the time, unless it's decorated for holiday. And there's Corinne to the left, and then to the right was Mike there. That's our uh, lead service advisor. 
Is that your uh, vision or purpose? Yes, yes, that's our company motto. Integrity, excellence, and superior service is what we provide our clients, their vehicles, and the community. Say it right up there. Nice. We appreciate your loyalty. I like that. I mean, you know, that's great branding, Eric. Well, that's We're all big early. on branding. <laughs> that's all early. She brought the branding expertise. She does come from a corporate background, so she does well with that. Cool, cool, cool. One day we got to have you on one of our branding shows. So thank you. Let's keep going. Um, these are the offices. This is the employee room. So lunches, meetings, so forth. Eventually, we will open this room up to become bigger. We're starting to run out of space already. But this is a place that the techs can get away if they're coming in to eat lunch, most people don't bother them about work items and stuff. Let them decompress a bit. You know, some of them elect to go get lunch. Some of them stay here. But the majority of our guys actually just stay here and eat. I love those motivating words on the wall. Yep. Those are everywhere throughout our shop. We try to keep a really great positive vibe in our shop. And that doggy there was Mr. Bear. He comes in. Everybody tends to love him. And then again, another sign. So that's the back uh, advertising our app-fueled app there. And like I said, on the front, we have a QC code that uh, you're able to go ahead and it links you right to it. So what's here up on the wall? These are citations that you've earned? Yeah, so uh, business of the year. And then a couple of those photos are our shops, shops. That, Yep, those are our old shops that we progressed up to. Okay, nice. That little guy there was the very first one. Oh, wow. They're also framed. Look at this hallway with all these great citations. Wow. So these are my articles that I wrote that have been either published locally or abroad. Uh, we write a lot. <laughs> so. You're really reminding people that you're just not an average automotive repair shop. Look at all the stuff on the wall. That's all Eric's awards. This area is specific to local business, so they can bring their cards and drop them off or whatnot as well. More awards. How big is uh, your town, Springboro? Roughly the population is about 20,000 people. Now, we do have very large townships around us, so we probably have 150,000 people within a 20-mile radius, 15-mile radius. This is our guest's bathroom. <laughs> Good-looking bathroom. How many hooks in there? One on the back <laughs> of the door. Because Tracy will want another one in there. I know that. <laughs> that nice was things. like my priority. I was like, put a hook on the door. <laughs> yep. it, it is nice to have That's a female opinion. in our business because they definitely have those thought processes that uh, accommodate to the ladies. Well, others are wish. <laughs> I love that. So this is out in the shop. Uh, we have eight two post racks, one four post with alignment machine. We set it just a touch under 12,000 square foot. Lots of technology in our shop. We try to add a lot of uh, conveniences. Uh, as you can see up in the ceiling, we have air conditioning, exhaust extraction. We have here is our ADAS machine and all of our equipment for that. This bay is actually two bays. It's about 30 by 30, which gives us plenty of room to do any type of calibrating or any type of open door work that we need. Let me ask you about ADAS. Uh, how long have you been doing it? So we've had our machine for about three years, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I got this machine, I was one of the first people to get it, which isn't always a great thing in our industry. A lot of the times you don't want to be the first person. Lesson learned on that one. We could have been very, very successful with the ADOS, and I did not quite market it or push it as hard as I should have. And we had a lot of mobile companies come in up underneath of us that pretty much placed themselves in our place. The ADOS machine really helps us at this point. I think in the next 
quite a few years that any type of work that you're going to do in the front end of a car or the side of a car or alignment, you're going to have to program and uh, calibrate anyways. Most cars are not leaving shops calibrated. There is not a per se a light that turns on for that. So, you know, if it's 60%, then it's 60%. It's not fully calibrated. The car's not going to tell you that. The collision shops in your area and your friends who are independents, uh, do they, uh, will they, or do they know that you want to do their work? A lot of our friends that own shops are quite a ways away from us. I'm originally from Cincinnati, which is about 30-minute drive. The body shops will do work with us from time to time. Uh, it really depends on their time constraints and what insurance is actually paying out that they decide to either use a mobile or us. What I hear from the collision side, if it's a, um, a sublet, they pay the bill. Yeah, it's not too much haggling. The insurance companies, I feel, in the last year have tightened up quite a bit. Uh, sometimes we have a 1234 AC machine as well that we've had for a number of years. And we use quite a bit in the shop, but none of the body shops around us have bought one. And so we do all of their servicing. And we do give them a business-to-business break on that, which gets us lined up with insurance. But insurance doesn't want to pay much for that anymore either. I love what you said. I may not have marketed it right. And so let this be a warning to everyone who's listening. If you're going to do ADAS, market the hell out of it. And I have a friend here in Buffalo who just put his ADAS machine in, and I'm in fact, uh, within the last week or two. And I'm going to go out, visit his shop, check it out. And he says, I'm the first in this particular area of town. And he says, I'm going to go and market the hell out of it. So there's a theory that says if you're first, you just can't sit there and look at it. You got to go tell the world about it. So uh, thank you, thank you for that great lesson. We'll get, we can continue to roll the tape there. Yeah. So this is just our basic equipment area here. We try to keep the best equipment around that we can afford. Uh, you can see the vintage AC machine there. Uh, <laughs> actually, keep that around to pull uh, if we know there's sealants in that air conditioning. I use that to pull those out. Okay. Um, just some general storage here. <laughs> yep. General storage, uh, and then these well, are. Our oils here that are just kind of oddity oils that we don't go through a lot. Basic alignment. Very clean, very organized. Thank you. It's, a, it's one of the appeals that we have to technicians in the interviews. Everyone that comes into the back of the shop is like, wow, this is clean. Because so many of them are working in filth and don't like that. Eric, are you a veteran? So I am a veteran. We have two other veterans in our shop. So if you saw that prior, you could see the different flags hanging. We do not have a Marine that works for us. That way, that is the reason we do not have a Marine Corps flag. If we ever hire somebody that was in the Marine Corps, I will purchase one and hang it. And I do try to hang the flags as close to the person's stall or where they work at. Very nice. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, it's great. Two bays per tech? Uh, yes, two bays per tech. You know, in, in the fun times we're having with parts availability and times to get parts, it tends to help quite a bit. You know, none of us like having cars hang on a rack, but a lot of the times we just don't have a choice with parts availability. So that uh, keeps our guys efficient and moving along. Some beautiful video here. Thank you for all the, the great work you did. How far out are you booking? Uh, we're about a week, week and a half. All right. Was there a point where you were out two or three weeks earlier? During the summer, we'll get out over a month sometimes, uh, and sometimes that's due to staffing issues. We just simply don't have enough. Our area tends to fluctuate. We're one of the shops where we get more business than we can handle 10 months out of the year, and the other months we're 
steady for the most part. The air conditioning service looked fairly new. Was that a recent ad? It was yeah. last August. We've been planning on it when we first built this shop. And uh, then the state sprung some new things on us that we had to have in the shop, which sucked up all our money we saved for the AC. So and we, what was that that the state asked you to do? So in the state of Ohio, everybody needs an exhaust extraction system. But if it was a previously built building, which this one was by a couple of years, you used to be able to be grandfathered in on it and they will no longer allow that. I see. So we had to take our AC money and put a very expensive exhaust system yeah. in. <laughs> All right. The government's our partner if we like it or not. Yeah, they're great. I love your business. I love your strategies. We got to have you on again and just keep talking about the great stuff you guys are doing and, and your outlook on this great industry of ours. And, and great tour. Loved your, loved your facility. And I love your app. I got to sign up for that app. Please do. Could I, even though I'm not a customer? Oh, yes, because honestly, a lot of shop owners sign up for it just to look at it because we've had quite a few that have wanted to get on board with that kind of a service. You can definitely download it and just poke around. I want to go poke around. <laughs> it's great. This was great. Thank you so much, Eric and Laura Lee Schmidt. Uh, great husband and wife team. We never even got to the point about the dynamics between husband and wife, so we'll have you on again to talk about that. Uh, Schmidt's Auto Care, Springboro, Ohio. Have a super day, guys. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.